We've been in this series, we just started last week, uh, called Rhythms. And what does that mean? It's just these habits that we use to deal with the world around us, to deal with the things that uh, the world throws at us. Because how many people know that the world's just going to throw random things at us at random times, and it doesn't really go according to plan? And, uh, and I wish it did. I wish we could just tell everything outside of it. You know what? Can you do it this way at this time so that I could be ready for it? But for some reason, that's just not how it happens. And so we develop these rhythms in our life, these habits to combat different things that uh, come at us. And so today we're going to be talking about burnout. How do we manage burnout? Because I think that this is something that I've actually been hearing more and more every single week. Uh, I, this is a weird space to see it so much, but uh, I, you know, I, I subscribe to YouTube, and so you know, I'll, I'll YouTube stuff every once in a while. And uh, more and more creators are quitting their, their trade and moving over to something else because of burnout. More and more medical professionals every single week are quitting their trade because of burnout. And maybe in your industry, whatever you work in, you've been seeing the same trend that people keep dropping because of burnout. And so how do we manage burnout? Now, I've got to give the same disclosure that I gave last week. I'm not a professional counselor, and uh, I do believe in counseling. I've personally gone to counseling. I think it's an amazing thing to go to. Um, I'm a pastor, and so I'm going to talk about what Jesus says about this. I'm going to talk about what the Bible says about this, and I'm going to come from a biblical perspective, but I think it could actually help every single one of us deal with something that I think we may be all feeling to some degree. You know, uh, a few years ago, um, I was a a pastor at a different church, and uh, I had a few pastors that um, I oversaw, and so then I would meet with them every single, or well, every other week, so we had biweekly meetings and checkups. And they were mainly to make sure, you know, everything was going according to plan, whatever they had as their goals were being hit, all those different things. But, you know, one of the things that I would always do is just check in on them. How are they doing personally? Um, because we're a church, so, you know, we care about that kind of stuff. And so then they, they came, one of the, the guys came to a, a meeting with me. And it, just on his face, I saw just so much grief, so much anxiety, everything. He just came like exhausted. And I was like, hey, man, how, how are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So then, you know, we started talking about his goals. And once we get through the goals and all the, the professional uh, conversation, finally, I'm like, hey, how, how's work going? Like, how are you doing with work? And he was like, oh, dude, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, I, I don't think I could keep up. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, how's your family doing? He's like, actually, me and my wife are having some issues, and we don't know what to do about our kid. They're acting out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. And I'm like, are you sure about that? But I think this is a response that we all give for some reason. I'm fine. I'm okay. It's all right. Until it's not. You see, this, this idea of burnout, it's something that we all seem to be doing to ourselves. We all seem to be running this rat race and going and going and going until we finally get to a point of exhaustion. So I, I looked up, what is burnout? What is burnout? And I, I actually like reframed it a little bit as mental exhaustion. It's just mental exhaustion. We, we've put in so much 
Our minds have been running like crazy. And it's this feeling of extreme tiredness characterized by this, by, by things like apathy, cynicism, or irritability. You might have burnout in your life if you experience any kind of moodiness or irritability that leads toward, toward cynicism, that leads toward doubt or pessimism. You might have burnout if you have a constant feeling of just being overwhelmed and stressed, get this, even with small situations, even when the smallest thing goes wrong. It usually produces things like lack of interest, lack of motivation, or lack of a purpose for life in everyday activities. Burnout leads to things like lack of focus, isolation, lashing out at others, self-medicating, and terrible, terrible decision-making. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody in this room, but there's moments I feel like that. There's moments I feel burnt out and tired. And you know what's crazy is if you're in the room and you're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm good, man. I'm fine. Let me, let me just give you a bit of comfort, okay? By, by measurements of the AMA and the APA, they, increase, uh, they, they calculate that there was an increase in the last two years of burnout by so many different professions from a 63% burnout rate to 79, almost 80% of professionals are burnt out. One of the worst ones was actually the medical profession. This is something that we're all dealing with. Guys, the numbers are in. We're burnt out. We're tired. And we're running, and we're running, and it's a lot. And here's, here's something. This isn't laziness, okay? This is something to just know. This isn't a matter of laziness. It's a matter of building a world around us that we can't even keep up with. And what causes this? What causes this continual rat race? Well, th these are some of the things that I was able to see was one of them, the consistent need for more and more to keep up with the people around us. And usually this is some kind of comparison and greed. The constant need to uh, prove our worth the constant need for others to see how much we're worth. And the last one is this, the consistent need to stay productive, to just stay productive. Because if I'm not productive in this one moment, I'm going to fall behind. Now, let me, let me make sure that I say this right. Working hard is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. But it becomes a problem when we lead ourselves to burning out. And you know what, what I found super interesting? One of the major outcomes of burnout turns out to be a lack of productivity. I mean, we, we work ourselves to death and to be so productive, and at the end, it's not helping at all. So what do we do about it? Well, I started looking into scripture and figuring out what does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about this way that we're living life to constantly keep up with everything around us? And I found this verse, and this is a, a paraphrase of scripture, of scripture that I actually really, really love. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me 
Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want. That's the kind of life I I desire for myself. He tells us, you're going to recover your life if you just do things the way I set them out. Well, how did he set them out? I looked at something that we we probably lost over time in, in the Christian faith, but back in the Old Testament, back when God was still having a relationship with man and he was creating this relationship with man, he made this commandment. He told us to do this. He said, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, which they had at the time, nor your animal, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is something that God gave us, okay? We take it as a commandment. We take it as a rule. And that's what happened for years. For years, we took it as an obligation, something we had to do. And so now, this, this gift of rest that God gave us became this obligation that we just had to keep. This is what's really cool about that passage of scripture. If you really look into the context of the time, this was the first God, this was the first nation that would give this kind of gift of rest to people that weren't elite, that weren't high up. Instead, God actually, he, he, he says it clearly right there. He says, everybody, every single person is going to rest on the seventh day because he was trying to give a gift to all of humanity. And then over time, we made it an obligation. But then Jesus comes into the picture and he says something that I think is super interesting. So at one point, his disciples are are picking grain during the Sabbath, which was seen as something they weren't supposed to be doing. And they're criticized for it. And, And they're told, hey, they're working. They shouldn't be working because it's an obligation, because it's something we have to do. And Jesus says this. He says, then he said to them, the Sabbath was not made for man, or the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He was trying to course correct us and saying, hey, you've misconstrued this beautiful gift I gave you. I gave you something incredible. It's a gift of rest. And instead of realizing that it was created for you, you've made it something against you. You've made it something against my people. He says, no, this is a way of living. What does things like keeping something like the Sabbath, which let me, let me reframe that. It's a time of intentional rest. That's what that is. Sabbath is just a time of intentional rest. What does that do for us? Well, it makes us live different. It makes us look at things different. You see, there's this one story in scripture of Jesus just walking. He's just doing his everyday life and he's just walking. And I think it's so interesting what he does and how he lives his life. And we're just going to look at him for a sec, okay? But this is, this, this is the way that Jesus lives his life all the time. 
It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. Now, this is a really good friend of Jesus, right? Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was now uh, lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus and said, Lord, the one you love, this guy Lazarus, the guy that you love, he's sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. And then you know what he did? He ran to Latin. No, he didn't. He said he did this instead, actually. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. I didn't understand this at all because I don't know about you, but if somebody that I love is sick, I'm not waiting somewhere two more days. I'm not holding up for that. I don't even know if they're going to live two more days. And for some weird reason, the way that Jesus is, is walking his life is this slow life. He's like, no, no, it's okay. We're going to wait two more days. You know what's interesting is Jesus never ran anywhere. He never did. He walked. And he walked slowly. And this is what I thought was interesting. He's always been interrupted in the middle of his day and taken time for it. He was never late, but he walked slowly. This is what the outcome is of a life that knows how to rest, is a life that just takes things slowly, that understands that there's no rush. What does a life of, of rest and Sabbath do for us? Well, that's, that's actually fairly easy to figure out. It didn't take much of a Google search to figure this out. It was a... It, 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 creates great benefit to our mental and emotional health. It shows us uh, what we're worth. It shows us that we're worth way more than what we can produce. And maybe that's something you need to hear today, is you're worth way more than what you can produce. It gives us an appreciation of what God's created. And it strengthens our relationship and develops true quality time. The Sabbath, the, the intentional rest, is a reminder that, get this, we're not the ones that keep the world going. God is. Being able to pause and realize that the world is not on our shoulders reminds us that he holds the entire world in his hands. So how do we practice this rest? Well, in ancient times, they would dedicate a, a, a certain day, but this is not... This is not something for obligation. This is a gift for us. So let's figure out different ways that we can utilize this same concept for our own lives to just teach us how to, how to walk a little slower, how to take intentional rest. So first, we've got to talk about some misconceptions. Here's the thing, okay? One, one misconception is this just means you sleep more. That's not what this means, okay? Now, I will say, during research, I found out that before the light bulb got invented, we used to sleep 10 hours. And so maybe you do need to sleep more. That might not be a bad thing too. Um, but that's not what this means. That's not what this means. 
The second one is this. There's a misconception that it's just about laziness or doing nothing. No. No, intentional rest doesn't mean just sitting on a couch. And then this is the last misconception I've heard before. Oh, it just means going to church on Sunday and reading my Bible. And although that's good, for sure, that's not what this means either. Taking time to rest is taking time to do things like this. One is take time just to contemplate. Just to contemplate. Pause for a second. Yes, sit on your couch. Pause for a second. And just allow God to be in the room. Maybe take a moment of prayer. Maybe a moment of solitude. I I find it great to uh, journal for these moments. Because there's so much that when you just pause for a second and you take in and you let the world catch up to you for a second, you can find out a lot of things that are going on. Recognize, this is a great, great thing to do during this time, is recognize what God has already done in your life. Just start taking that in. The second thing is this, a a time to rest would do this, nurture relationships, nurture relationships. Get this, because in in the Los Angeles area, we might have this problem. Nurture relationships, not for professional gain, not for networking, because we're building relationships, because I want to connect with a friend because I want to connect with my family, because I want to connect with my kids, because I want to connect. This includes something called the enjoyment of family. You have a family, and they love you. And maybe you have a different situation where you don't feel like you have a family. Can I tell you, you have a church family that loves you, that cares for you, that wants you to reach out. The enjoyment of family The next thing is be intentional with your time. Being intentional with your time is hard nowadays because we have so many things that are trying to speak to us to fill our time. All the marketing, everything around us is trying to tell us, hey, don't let one minute go without being entertained. Don't let one minute go without producing. And Jesus is saying, no, it's okay. Take a moment, take a beat. Uh, Me and my wife just recently did this is uh, we just turned our phones off. We just turned our phones off. And can I tell you, uh, it freaks you out at first. No, no, I'm not even kidding. Like, there's like an anxiety that builds. Um, and we, we turned our phones off. Uh, we put them in our bedroom and we just hung out together. And every single time something in the conversation would pop up, I felt the need to go research it real quick because I'm, my brain is just a researcher. And so like, I was like, oh, I got to fight. And I'm like, wait, why do I need to know that? It's fine. And I realized how many times those minor interruptions of my phone interrupt my relationship with my wife. Maybe turn off the phone for an hour. Maybe two hours. Work your way up. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be all at once. The, the next one is not having a major to-do list. Okay? On a, on a time of rest. Believe it or not, it doesn't need... Like, you can schedule intentional rest, but there doesn't have to be anything in that schedule. You could just go. You could just spend time with your wife, and it's not a finance meeting. And it's not trying to figure out how we're going to get ahead. Maybe it's just enjoying stories together that maybe you've never heard of each other. Maybe it's just enjoying each other. 
these things, they produce certain things inside of us. They give us an appreciation of what God has already given you because God has given you more than you know. He's given you friends. He's given you family. He's given you the beauty around you, the gift of enjoyment. This also does something else. It it, it gives you a moment to realize what, what is God teaching me right now? How is he trying to grow me? What is he speaking to me right now? It gives us a chance to catch up with that. And the last one is it, it gives us time to reset and reprioritize. I think if we took more time to, to just rest and take a minute and contemplate and just pray, I think we would start reprioritizing our lists, reprioritizing our schedules, reprioritizing the things that really matter in our lives. So maybe you're like, okay, I want to start this. How do I start this practically? Well, first of all, this, it does not have to be a full day, like I said. It can just be a start. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. It could just be moments in creating those moments. But I will say this, schedule it. Maybe don't schedule what's inside of it, but schedule it. Uh, There's a, a... pastor friend that I I had for years, and he had certain times in his schedule where it was just his his time with God. And when somebody asked him, hey, can you meet on Saturday at 5 p.m.? He's like, sorry, I have an appointment. He wouldn't tell them that that's the appointment, but he would tell them, I have an appointment. Why? Because that appointment matters just as much as every other appointment that goes on in our lives. That part of the schedule is crucial for our, mental, for our mental state, for our spiritual state. Schedule it. Um, there, there's uh, something else that, like a discipline that has been uh, popping up lately is uh, the, the discipline of slowing, just slowing your life a little bit. And I, I think this is a really easy start if you just want to start. Um, if you are healthy enough to do this, if this is possible for you, Uh, Try taking the furthest parking spot. Oh my gosh, I created anxiety. (laughs) Try taking the furthest parking spot and just walk and take in. I know it's just a parking lot, but you know what? You'll be be surprised what you take in. Um, Other things is maybe try driving in a slow lane. I know, I know. I'm talking to California people. Uh, But no, try it, try it. Especially when you realize I'm going to be an hour early to this thing or 30 minutes early to this thing, I can slow down. I can slow down. The, the hurry is not necessary. These are little things that we can do to take steps in that direction. Why? Because God wants us to take a real rest. What does a real rest mean? I don't know if you've ever been on vacation before and come back more tired than when you left. I don't know if you've ever taken a nap or slept all night, but it feels like you didn't sleep at all. These are the things that for some reason we've interpreted as rest, but God says, no, I have better rest for you. And it's all about slowing down. Figure out what's really important in life. You see, this is what's interesting. Much of our burnout is not how much we're doing. It's about what we're not including. Much of our burnout might be the fact that we don't take time to reprioritize. We don't take time 
to figure out what's going on inside or what God is teaching us. Instead, we go, go, go. And sometimes, could I be on, maybe from, uh, I don't know if you know about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram 7. And so uh, this, is, this is a big issue for, for me. But sometimes it, productivity is just a way to mask the fact that something's not okay inside. Sometimes if I keep myself busy enough, and maybe I could distract myself and not deal with what's going on. But he's saying, no, I need you to. I need you to. He wants us to take an intentional rest to slow down. And can I tell you, the, the more that you get toward burnout, the more your body is craving rest. The more it's asking for it. Don't deny it, lean into it. A few years ago, uh, actually quite a few years ago, back in 1969, there was a man that was working his, his job at a shipping department of a newspaper. And he had worked a lot the weeks before, and he was just going and going and going, and his, his family had always taught him. It's about hard work. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You got to make sure you keep up with the people beside you. You can't leave one second without working. And so he's going, he's going, making sure that he takes care of his kids, make sure he takes care of his family, he goes back into his job the next day, and he's exhausted. He hasn't had a good night's rest in months. And all of a sudden, he's working. And as he's working, he just feels his, his chest get a little tight. And he feels his body's just not okay. At this point, he's trying to just push through it because he knows he just needs to get the job done. But then finally, his body pauses and he had a stroke. He died that day not knowing that the night before was the last night that he would kiss his kids goodnight. After that, the Japanese government started noticing this, and a lot of scientists started noticing this, and they started seeing people just drop. Just drop. And eventually it became a problem that they felt like they needed to figure out. In 1982, they would call this Kuroshi. This is a word that was coined that meant death by overworking. This is what this kind of life leads us to. It's being overworked, burnt out, tired. But this is not the life that God has told you to live. He's not, it's not the life that he invites you to live. So start with one step and see what happens. Because I'm telling you there's a rhythm to this life. And when, when burnout starts creeping in, we lean more into this habit of Sabbath rest and slowing down. So in this, we'll we actually get to see God more evident in our lives. We actually get to see God do things in our life that just shows us he is bigger than any problem that, might, that we might face. So test him in this this week. Now, I, I gave this last week, and I, I want to give another one. There's a Bible plan, and um, I'm giving you this Bible plan. It, it's like a seven-day, super easy Bible plan, so I would, I would encourage you to scan it. 
Uh, it might be on your paper as well, so you can scan it there. Uh, a, a lot of this message was inspired by uh, a pastor that uh, I esteem a ton um, in the Los Angeles area. And um, he actually wrote this Bible plan and calls it The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He also has a book. It's an amazing book if you want to pick it up. It talks about rest and taking in our lives uh, in a slower way. But could I just encourage you to do this Bible plan for seven days? See what God will teach you. Pause and slow down enough to do this in your life and see what happens. And it's okay. You can use your phone to do it because, you know, it's, it's a devotional on your phone. Uh, but I encourage you to try this this week. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for the gift of rest, for the gift of slowing down. Lord, I just ask that as we, uh, as we leave these walls and, and leave through these doors, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us, that you would continue to show us every bit of our world that you're in and that we would be able to slow down and take it in. I pray for the person in the room who's dealing with burnout right now, Lord. I ask for your peace in our lives, that it would enter even in this very moment. It's in your name we pray. Amen.